0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You know, obviously we didn't shoot the ball well, and that could cover up some things, but we just needed to compete more. And it's disappointing because we've been doing that. And uh, you know, whether we were, you know, left early for the break, whatever you wanted to attribute um, it to, it's just that that's not... Um, we, we can't we can't do that. We have to we have to compete. And you know, we had some individual guys doing that. Um but collectively that was not the case.
1: Welcome to Hawks fans, your boy Bryce Lewis back at it again for another Believe in Hawks episode. Hawks get blown out by the Charlotte Hornets tonight. One twenty two to ninety nine. As they go into the All Star break on a bad note, twenty four and thirty one on the season, and a lot of Hawks fans are frustrated. A lot of Hawks fans are upset right now. A lot of Hawks fans are just blown, really, by by the performance we had tonight. Performance last game. Uh, it it just this season, you know. It, it's it, All Star break is one of those things where you get to this point and you just kind of reflect on what the season has been, why your team is where they are, and right now the Hawks are not in the best best shape. That's just the realistic truth of the matter. The Hawks came in tonight with not a lot of effort, not a lot of energy. Jalen Johnson, DeAndre Hunter were really the only ones tonight that came out with with the, the energy and effort needed to compete. Hunter. Has had a great stretch of games coming off the bench. He's literally been just fantastic in limited minutes. And, you know, a lot of people like him in that bench role. And, you know, he's done his thing. Jalen has had his challenges the last month. He's been very up and down. I feel like they're putting him in different situations that he's having to grow in and continuing to try to develop. And we've seen the downs and we've seen the ups. Tonight, it was better energy from him. Tonight was more aggressive tonight. Saw some physical play tonight. Um, it we also stalled the athleticism that made us fall in love with Jalen Johnson. But outside of that, you've had two straight games in a row where you're, you're starting backcourt, Trey and DeJounte have not played well. They just have not had it going these last two games. And that's really hurt this team. Really, really hurt this team. You also were down two centers tonight. Yeka was playing well before injuring his toe. Hopefully he'll be back off the All-Star break. Clint has been out for a week. So you only have Bruno tonight, and yeah, I mean, Bruno, like I said, has his limitations. Realistically, just a backup role, him playing some minutes, he's fine. Obviously, as your starting center, probably not ideal. But, I mean, you know, and you knew that. Overall, the effort should have just been better tonight. That's just as simple as I can put it to you. Now, here's a fact. This is the seventh straight season the Hawks have been under 500 going into the All-Star break. The last three years before this year, they have made the play-in and also the playoffs. Before that were the tanking years. So the Hawks haven't actually been good in seven years going into the All-Star break. So for seven straight years, Hawks fans have gone into the All-Star break, frustrated with what they've seen, not happy with what they've seen,
0: and just... Just disappointed, you know. And in, in the in the last two games,
1: according to Brad Rowland, Dejounte and Trey have combined to shoot nineteen of fifty eight and seven of thirty three from three. You can't you can't win when two of your best players are playing like that. That's you can't, you know. And, and it's funny if you think about how the season started this year. Trey and DeJounte did not have a good game against the Hornets. We end the first half of the season going into the All-Star break against the Hornets. Trey and DeJounte don't have a good game. The Hawks remain steadfast at the trade deadline. Could have made a move. Could have changed something. Could have added something. Could have did something. You said you wanted to stand pat for development. I talked about that. There's guys that have gotten better over the year. Of course. But at the same time, there were still holes on this roster that development can't just fix. You have to just insert someone new in there to try to fix the problem. And what I mean by that is think about tonight, for example. You were down two centers. You have a G League team. This is what you have a G League team. They're literally just extra deaf if you just really are replenished at a position. Either you can sign a free agent or you could call up a G Leaguer. For the it, 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 And the thing is, is that you only may need them for this one game, and that's okay. You just need somebody there. What is the point of not filling that hole? Like that—that that is something that has frustrated me this season with this team. Is we've had these injuries, and that they, they don't try to fill the hole; they just pl- they play who they have even if that player person or players aren't playing well, they just put them in. And, and, and that's been extremely frustrating. You know, you, it, it feels like, and this is why I've always said the biggest issue that came out of the trade down line was what is, what is the direction of this team? What is the goal? What is the mission? What, what is the season supposed to be? Like, what, as as a Hawks fan, as a person who covers this team, what is this season supposed to be? What should I be looking for? Should I be just, is this a season where it's like, whatever happens, happens, we just want development? Is this a season where we want to develop, but also compete? Is this a season where we had championship expectations? What is the goal? That's why people were upset with with Landry when he did his, his conference, because it felt like he was just kind of giving these answers, but really wasn't still telling people what direction is. Like I said, he mentioned development, he mentioned trying to develop guys, but okay, so are you expecting us to be better? Are you expecting us to like what what is what is your expectation? So I can understand what I should expect from this team as well. If you tell me that we just want to develop and then we'll see what happens this season, then I know I can look at this season as a okay. All cards are off the table. We are just playing with free money. And <laughs> if we end up doing something crazy, fantastic. But if you're telling me we're going to compete, then obviously I'm going to expect moves to be made to show that we want to compete. We're going to expect holes to be filled. And that's something we haven't gotten from this team. And these last two games have just been a dick a bit of this entire season. You have that solid stretch of games where you beat the Suns, you know, you, 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 you competed hard against the Clippers. You competed competed hard against Boston. You know you you beat the Lakers. You 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 had that stretch of just like okay, this seems like really good quality basketball that we are playing in that stretch of games. And then you beat Houston. And then you come out of these next two games, and that that stretch of basketball that we saw no longer exists, and we're not getting that anymore. And. That in and of itself has been the model of inconsistency that this team has displayed all season long and why they have always been a very frustrating watch for a viewer of a, a Hawks fan. Because why is there so much inconsistency? We, we have the, all these trade rumors right now about Trey
0: Young, which I'll talk about and,
1: and, and give my thoughts on that. You know, you had the DeJounte Murray trade rumors. They said that the Hawks were one of the most aggressive teams at the trade deadline. They were looking to move people. They were looking to make changes. They were looking to improve. They were looking to do something. And then to do nothing, after being for months told that you're aggressive and that you want to move someone, it was just one of those
0: things where... What... What, what are we doing as a runoff? You know, and, and this also goes into coaching as well.
1: After a full, so many games going to the all break, I could give a real assessment of Quinn Snyder as a head coach and what he has done for this team. I believe Quinn has done some good things. We knew he could coach offense. Offensive numbers are great. You know, he, the offense looks like a normal general NBA offense. One thing that people had a criticism under Nate is it felt like it was a prehistoric offense. Quinn does seem to have a more general today's NBA type of offense. Defense is something to be left desired, but people could either say that's scheme or that could be players. We don't have the players defensively. That's why you're seeing the defensive games that we've seen. But one thing I can criticize criticize him about is is rotations. Because there have been multiple times, even from the beginning of the season, where he seems to like to stick to the eight-man rotation. And usually teams do that in the postseason. Because, you know, you usually want your best eight to play. trying to win, so you want your best players on the floor playing the most minutes that they can, right? Usually most teams like to go eight, sometimes nine. Quinn goes eight a lot. And then that knife guy, depending on the game, may play between 5 to 10 minutes. And there have been some some thoughts and there have been some concerns about, you know, the fatigue. Are players getting tired by the end of the games? That's why they're struggling now in these late-game situations because they're not only not executing, but they're fighting fatigue because they've played so many minutes. Glenn Willis, a good friend of mine, was on the pod a few, few episodes ago mentioned that tonight, that he said DeJounte and Trey look gassed. And he said, I think it's time to play a fourth guard. And this is, again, one of the criticisms I have. Most NBA teams play four guards, usually. Most teams will play four guards the entire game. The issue with the DeJounte and Trey Young pairing is, at least especially with Quinn, Because
0: I will give Nate credit. He still went four guards, even with those two. Quinn, for some reason, isn't. And it is a little head-scratching.
1: Because what he does is that they're in this mindset of, we always have to have Trey or DeJounte on the floor at all times. Because the reason why you acquired DeJounte Murray was to add a ball handler. To add someone who could still run the offense when Trey goes out the game. And then you play Bogey, who's your sixth man, right? Good sixth man. But Bogey basically is playing like 30 minutes a game under Quinn. Almost. Like, I don't know what he's actually averaging a game minutes-wise. But he's literally, basically feels like he plays 30 minutes a game under Quinn. Which he's, and in a way, that's like a lighter end of starter minutes, right? Right. And he does it consistently. And, I, and I've said that I've watched Bogey throughout this year. And there are times where he'll play really well to start. And then as the game goes on, it seems like his shots are coming off a little flat. And I wonder if that's fatigue because he's out there a lot. You had Kobe Bufkin play two games ago against the Houston Rockets. Played well right? Obviously, he's going to have to find his offense in the league, which is just coming with playing time and comfortability within the system and the scheme. But he played two games ago, played well defensively. Quinn, after the game, praising him, almost basically saying he's ready to go. The next two games, very reasonably could have played Kobe. Obviously, without the injuries, he probably may not play 17 minutes like he did, but at least 10 minutes even would be fine. Doesn't play any minutes till, till till the uh garbage time against the Hornets. It's the next time we see him. And it, it it's very confusing to me why he's so reluctant to give him a chance, especially when one of your biggest issues is guarding at the point of attack, especially at the guard position. Bogey's not a great defender. DeJounte is not a really a great defender depending on the matchup. And then Trey tries, but obviously he has his limitations, but he has improved. Kobe has, you know, Jalen Green and them, they're not easy guards. Very athletic players can drive past a lot of guys in this league. And Kobe held held his own against them. And and, and you would think the weakness that you have on this team, he can kind of help with it. And listen, at the end of the day, Kobe's a rookie. He's going to have them games where, yeah, he might go against a guy. He might get cooked. Everybody gets cooked. Every great defender gets cooked in this league. And like You're never going to be great for all 82. The issue is, is you make it difficult. You make it hard. You make it tough. And sometimes you'll have a game where you can actually get, have, them, have an off game. You drafted Kobe to basically be a combo guard, right, with a 13th pick, right? Before that, main rumor Hawks won. It was Casey Wallace from Kentucky who's currently in Oklahoma City. And you basically sat here, and and you're staring it in the barrel. Kobe, to me, and I'm sure everybody else feels this way, needs to be playing significant minutes next year. He needs to be in the rotation next year, which is another reason why I think you will probably see the end of DeJounte and Trey just because of that, or if they feel like they can keep him and need to get rid of Bogey, or he could just extend the rotation and make it a 9 to man rotation and give him Kobe some minutes. Three options right there, right? Why don't you play him
0: for a spark, for something different?
1: For you know, sometimes coaches will play certain guys just to see, okay, we're struggling, can't you do better? Quinn has not really done that throughout this season. He hasn't played guys to try to get a spark. He's just kind of stuck with the main rotation. And then if he has to, it'll play like Wesley or Garrison Matthews or Patty Mills, who barely give you a lot or give you anything, really. And he'll just go with that. And the thing is, I don't know if it's, I'm assuming at the end of the day, it's him making the decision of who he's playing. I don't think. I don't know how much the GMs are involved. I don't know if the GMs and, and, and Quinn have talked, Landry and talked, and said, like, hey, we don't really want to play the rookies that much this year. Uh, we want them to develop, and then we'll see about next year. Because realistically, Seth Lundy, Muhammad Gay, and, and, and Kobe Buff can all have reasonable reason to play this year. I, I said this yesterday. I said if Muhammad Gay was not hurt. He probably would have seen more minutes than both of them, Seth and Kobe, just because we've had so many injuries to the wing position. So you would have just needed him. But I I, I could be wrong. He might have still went with Garrison Matthews anyway. You know, but we won't know that. So it's one of those things where I, I feel like Glenn's saying they need to play a fourth guard. I completely agree with because they need a fourth point guard right now. They need to to cut down on the minutes that you're playing Trey and DeJounte and and even Bogey. Like, Bogey can stay in that 25 to 30 range, but I'd rather see him closer to 25 than closer to 30 to me. You know, because I just feel like your biggest issue is the defensive end. Your biggest issue is perimeter defense. You're probably one of your better perimeter defenders is a rookie, and yet you're saying we're not going to play
0: him. It's questionable. Outside of that, I think Quinn, for what he has had to deal with, with the roster
1: construction, because the roster construction is still terrible. That's due to the front office. He's done a decent job. Kongu has improved. He's figured out even Bay with his shot being off. Bay has technically developed a new part of his game, which is driving and ones using his physicality. Jalen obviously has, has improved this year. DeAndre Hunter has improved this year. You have things on his docket that can say, okay, he's made strides with these players. But there's also the defensive things, not playing Kobe, not playing Seth, needing a spark, refusing to go to other guys to try to spark. Starters not playing with effort or not playing well and not saying, I'm going to take you guys out of the game and I'm going to give these guys a shot. That's, That's the stuff that I want Quinn to do. And I just... I I really wish Quinn would be more straightforward and transparent about what he sees for the young guys. Like, listen, Landry said AJ Griffin dealt with a setback, so they feel like he's not really, really going to play play minutes this year. Okay, fine. He gave me a reason for that. Well, what about Kobe? I said coming into this season that I believe that the plan was the plan was that those three guys were going to develop. I've always said that going into the season, that these three guys, the plan was to develop these guys, let them grow, and then move forward into the future and let them be a part of what this team could be. Muhammad Gay, long wing, guy seems like he can can guard multiple positions, has very good athleticism, seems like he could develop into a really good player. Seth Lundy, I've said that I felt like he was going to be bogged on by Hanovich's replacement whenever they move off a bogey because i said that he literally is a guy who's a sharpshooter from three, but also a bigger guy, wing guy, who they want they want to work on developing this entire game as a whole. Even in the games that he played this season, he didn't play that bad. Defensively, he held his own, and so it's like, okay, it seems like he could develop. And then Kobe, I would assume that you made that move because you knew you needed a different more of a defensive guard. That's why you look at the two guys, Kobe Buck and Case and Wallace, to help with the issue on the defensive backcourt, and then you get one of them, and then you don't even play them, and the issue is still there.
0: Like, what? what is that? You know? So, to me, that that's an issue.
1: That's an issue to me. You know, We'll see what happens at the all-star break because all we can assume is that the team is going to get fully healthy and they'll go right back to the eight-man rotation. And then we'll see if a ninth guy gets minutes, which I think Quinn needs to get out of. I think Quinn needs to adjust and be willing to say, let's change some things up and see if we can get better production from guys. Like I said, these breaks are always a time to reflect, okay, what can we improve? Should we be playing somebody else? What should be the next move that we make in regards to and trying to improve this team moving forward? That should be the question. Because losing to the Hornets like you did tonight and the fact you tonight is completely unacceptable. And I completely understand Hawks fans' frustration with what you saw tonight because it was just
0: not acceptable. It's not. It's not. You, you expect better from
1: this team with the talent that they have. You expect just better effort, just better connectivity. seems like at times they have it and at times they don't, and that's frustrating.
0: So. Now, one positive thing, Trey Young has passed Mookie Blaylock.
1: In 518 career games for the most three-pointers and franchise history appearing in his four, 403rd career game. The 25-year-old Hawks player, Trey Young, is the all-time leader in three-point makes in Hawks history. So Trey Young has etched himself into the history books in Atlanta. Congratulations to him. That's the one positive thing we can get out of tonight. Trey Young making history. And we'll continue to make history, I feel like, moving forward. So that brings me into my next topic. So there's been all these rumors. After the trade deadline passed, there's been all these rumors about Trey Young being traded. Rival execs. Say that they believe Trey Young wants to be traded. Even some have said that they want to make the move, which is crazy to me. Obviously, when this first initially reported, whatever his name is, KOC, don't even remember his name right now, don't really care to. Brooks Ranger let <laughs> was talking about, see, I told Hawks fans that, that Trey Young. I knew I was right that Trey Young needs to be moved.
0: <laughs> Listen, the,
1: all all these rumors are popping up about this trade. They want to move trade, be, move trade because they saw what they were getting for Dejounte, didn't like it, and knew they probably have to move Trey to get more of what they wanted. And then there's also the well, Trey may want out. Trey may ask out. Trey may want to be out of Atlanta. Trade this, trade that, right? And I'm just kind of like, guys,
0: first first things first. I've
1: said this on record. I think Trey really likes Quinn Snyder. I think Trey really likes Jalen Johnson. I think Trey is a lover of the, of the game of basketball. He has said in multiple press conferences that he believes that he's used the words we need to get players in here that are bought in. He has talked about this franchise in a way of I'm willing to see it through as long as we are willing to make the things that need to happen happen, right? That's what he said. And yet there's this impression that after one full year under Quinn, that he's just going to be like, I'm out. Now, listen, I get it. We haven't had the year that he probably was expecting. Trey Young has been on record multiple times saying that he wants to win. And, and all of that is fair. But for all these random executives, all these random people to come out the woodworks and push this trade narrative. First, I think it's like some people call it. It's bullying. They're trying to take advantage of the fact that Landry is an inexperienced GM, create these rumors, make teams think that maybe trade is available and see if the Hawks may be like, Ugh, you know, maybe maybe we should move off of him. I don't see it personally i I don't see it personally. I don't see them moving off of trey after this season i've all I've said that trey Young will be here next year then after next year, we will see where he is and where this team is you know. In, in the report, according to Howard Beck of the Ringer, that's the one who made the article, he said, quote, it's considered near certainty that the Hawks will part with one or both DeJounte and Trey this summer.
0: Because he reported that the Hawks discussed a potential trade with the Spurs before the deadline. Listen, At the end
1: of the day, we ultimately probably don't 100% know if that has true. Spurs may have called Atlanta. Atlanta may have called the Spurs. We have no clue. To think that they're just going to trade them both is is insane to me because I'm just like, okay, if if that's the case, then what, What is again, what is the purpose of this year? What is the purpose? I understand moving off of one. Landry even acknowledged in the in the in the conference call that oh yeah the numbers if you look at it in a larger sample size aren't the best that doesn't mean trade them both away you don't trade away your franchise just that easily at the end of the day as the front office you put yourself in a situation you got to fix it but that doesn't mean trading away your franchise player. Obviously, again, usually when franchise players get traded, they usually force the hand of the of front office. Not the front office It's just like, let's just get rid of them. So I've said that. I said, Trey's going to give it one more year, and then we'll see what we are. Because I feel like he, he wants to see it through. He wants to see what, what happens with Quint. I'm sure, like, Trey literally saying that he said we got to get people in here, he's literally saying, okay, if we change players on this team, we get some different people, people in here, what will we look like? You have to look at that as like, okay, what, what could the team look like if they do that? It, it's one of those things where I just, it, 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 the ringer in general has been very much on this Trey Young, Trey, 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 and he's going to be leaving. They've connected him to LA. They've connected him to San Antonio. DeJounte has always been the one to me that if anybody's move, it's him. And then you go from there. Like I said, this is the same front office that still hasn't moved Clint Capella. Traded John Collins too late. And people feel like gave up Kevin Herter for nothing. So to sit here and say that, yeah, they're gonna give up Trey Young would just it's almost like there's so many bad moves. It's like, how how do they still have a job <laughs> if they did that? Like to me, if you're gonna trade Trey Young, you might as well start over in the front office.
0: Because you're partially one of the reasons why you got to this decision to trade Trey.
1: So I don't think that move is going to happen. I think it's a bunch of bushwhiggy. I think that they're trying to bully. I think that these, these, these rumors are being created because they're trying to start things. I think that's what happens. A lot of NBA media is that these, these, these execs always talk to people and say, Oh, I have a feeling. I think hypothetically, I, the feeling is no one ever said that. Yeah. They want to move Trey young. Yeah. They want this. They, yeah, they it's, well, from the conversations that they've had with teams discussing trades, the feeling is they may want to move Trey Young. Again, that's assumptions. That's not facts. That's assumptions. And you're making assumptions and creating these narratives that are not there. And that's the problem with media. This is why players talk about this new media stuff and how the media is, is toxic because they're creating rumors that may not even be true. And Trey Young's not someone who's going to really address it like that. Trey Young, whenever he's asked about the team, he's usually very upbeat. He always says, listen, I believe we can turn it around. I think we can get things straight. He's he's not going to sit here and say, yeah, I'm frustrated. I've thought about it. Listen, every star player in this league wants to play with other star players. Doesn't mean they want to leave their franchise. That's just more hypothetical because they know they're just as good as them, so it will be nice to play with somebody who's who's always who's also as good as me. But that doesn't always happen. Like they said, it's wishful thinking. Like it is with a Giannis or with an Embiid. So listen, the end of the season will determine a lot of what happens. I do think, and everybody says it, Hawks have to make changes this summer. Has to. There is no if and. There is no staying put. If they stay put, I will eviscerate this franchise. I will eviscerate this front office. If that happens.
0: But until that, we'll play the season out. We'll see where we are, and we'll go from there. So,
1: Hawks, like I said, lose tonight in a very disappointing game to the Charlotte Hornets, one twenty-two to ninety-nine. Backcourt struggled. Trey Young, Young breaks uh, Mookie Betts' record and moves to number one three-point shots made as an Atlanta Hawk. DeAndre Hunter continues to play really good basketball. And hopefully they get healthy after the all-star break. Trey Young will be in the three-point contest as well. So there's a Hawk you can root for and also in the all-star game as well. But that's all I got for you guys today. This is your Believe in Hawks podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at BryceC underscore 2K for all my Hawks takes. Also, don't forget if you're listening to this YouTube, subscribe for the, to the channel and like the video. Show up and I appreciate any love that you guys give me. Also, if you guys listen through audio, leave a rating, leave a review on the pod as well. Give me your feedback on what you guys think. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on and the, on the state of this team right now. But it's your boy Rice, it's your boy Bryce Lewis. See you next time.
0: You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People are the worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.